we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And the keys to unlocking our creativity are often in the creative use of the medium. And these days, audio content of all kinds, podcasts, radio, audio dramas, is at the forefront of our mind. And today we have a guest that can really give us insight into the past, present, and future of audio. And that's Paul Suchman of Odyssey. Paul, welcome to the program. Mark, thanks. It's a treat to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to connect with your audience. As the chief marketing officer, you've really got your hands full in navigating this marketing process and branding for this large network of audio brands. What's the state of the state? The state of the state is good. One of the things you said in your opening soliloquy stuck with me, and I think it's the answer of why audio. You said you were talking about things that are in the front of our mind. And I think the thing that over these last couple of years that has struck me about why audio has been on this meteorological rise with advertisers, with consumers all over the globe is because it is visualist medium. And when you have no visual biases and it's just sound going into your ears and then into your mind, your brain and your body are free to be part of the story that is creating. And you are creating that story in your own mind. Theater of the mind, that visualization of words and sound. And I think that is what has listeners wrapped. And that is what is bringing advertisers there. And I think there's never been a better time to be in this audio business. Great. And it's certainly a challenge and we want to get into all of that. I want to talk about the moments that you see listeners using audio. You just published a great report, the 11 moments of audio, but I also want to talk about you know, the branding and rebranding process of Odyssey. And then your involvement with universities and their journalism and their content creation programs and what is the future. And of course, I even want to talk about an alternate universe where the chief marketing officer really becomes an oceanographer, not a marketing <laughs> guru. So we've got some great stories to tell, Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me start with this thought leadership piece then. Audio used to be thought of as almost a background medium. I got the radio playing in the background. I got some music playing. But you guys have really defined through some research now that it really fits into a listener's day a lot more than we ever thought it would. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we publish thought leadership twice a year. We do it under the title, The State of Audio, and we focus on different topics. And this one came from a hypothesis question that we had in understanding all of the unique characteristics of audio, right? As I was saying in the beginning, it's screenless. 
It's ubiquitous. It goes with you wherever you are. It has the opportunity to be um, to be actively consumed while you're actively doing something else. You could be exercising and actively consuming audio. You could be driving. You could be just laying with your eyes closed. And there's no other medium that lets you do that. So with that as a known entity, we had a question. And the question we asked ourselves is understanding that people are very ritualistic. They live their lives in a series of rituals or habits that they perform each day. And then understanding that audio can be with them in any of these rituals, we wanted to understand what was the role of audio in people's rituals. And what did that mean? What was then the opportunity for advertisers to take advantage of that? So that was the basic question we set out to answer. And the research we did, uh, ethnographic research, we did lots and lots of interviews. We did lots and lots of surveys. So it's a statistically rich piece of research as well. And what we uncovered were that, yes, people do live their lives in a series of rituals. And they do that because it makes life more predictable. It makes accomplishment more probable. It gives you satisfaction in your day and it gives you comfort in your day. And with that, we found that audio plays a huge role in these rituals. And we identified 11 real moments that where audio was not only part of the ritual, but in cases enhancing the ritual or driving the ritual itself. So it was really fascinating to see it, Mark. And as a podcaster myself, we often imagine where is our listener walking the dog, driving in the carpool. I thought there were some surprising rituals, though. For example, staying in the car until my favorite interview or song or program is over. I found myself doing that as well. Absolutely. And even people driving longer routes or really just sitting in their driveway until the segment of the radio program is over, until the episode of the podcast is finished, until the playlist is done on the stream. We found that people will, again, that's a ritual, or it becomes the ritual itself. I'm going to take the long route, or I'm going to leave my home at this time because I know I want to catch this segment on this sports program. Very interesting stuff. It is. And listeners, if you're making the block right now, we have a few more minutes of insightful (laughs) insights from Paul Suchman of Odyssey coming to stay with us. Paul, let's talk about the rebranding of Odyssey from Intercom. And really, it was not just uh, let's change the name, but you were really trying to capture this uh, conglomeration of many different audio brands. And now we're a year and a half, two years into that. So we can't just talk about the moment of the rebrand, but maybe we can talk about sustaining that rebranding or building or continuing to evolve that brand. How's that going? It's going really well. For me as a marketer, as a creative person, it has been the single biggest, hardest, and most rewarding challenge that I have ever worked on professionally. Just amazing. And again, we don't need to rehash a year and a half, but the basic issue we were solving for was that Odyssey was a house of brands. There were 250 of best radio stations around the country. Second largest commercial producer, creator, distributor of podcasts, a streaming business called radio.com and a live events business. 
all really disconnected. And that wasn't serving our listeners, nor was it serving our advertising partners. So was it, that was the genesis of it. And here we are a year later, and we're finding that it's starting to land. Um, our listeners are not only identifying with the stations they listen to, the podcasts they listen to, the stream they listen to, the events they go to, but they understand that it's from Odyssey. So we're building equity with consumers now. We have more work to do, but we're absolutely building equity. And for our advertising partners, we've made it easier to buy this multi-platform offering called Odyssey. One of the challenges that we do have is that within the audio space, there are some established giants. And we recognize that and we relish that. So we act, we behave, we work like a challenger brand within the industry. And allowing ourselves to do that is an incredibly liberating experience. Being a challenger brand is fun. You have to be more nimble. You have to work faster and harder. You have less dollars to spend. So you need to make every single dollar work harder and deliver better ROI. And we're having a lot of fun doing it. It's, it's a never ending battle, but we're having a great time with it. Uh, terrific. And you mentioned something about uh, working with advertisers and making it easier for them. And I think we marketers and branders often look at the, what would I say, the visible, the top layer, great sonic branding, great visual brand, great music brand and so forth. But you're talking about the under the hood operational stuff that really is the brand experience for your business partners. I'd love to hear more about how you've created that experience for the business and advertisers. Absolutely. What we recognize about our listeners, our advertising partners, they love our content. They love our brands. They love our hosts. They love our personalities. But at the end of the day, they are really on our platform to connect with our audience, to, to connect with our 200 million listeners in very meaningful ways. And they believe in audio, for all the reasons we just talked about with, with the research, people are so engaged with the medium. And when they're deeply engaged with their content, they're more receptive to advertiser messages. So finding ways for advertisers to insert themselves into the content, into the hosts, into the brands, into the programs, in really additive, meaningful is the promise that we deliver to our advertisers. And the second thing that we recognize is that audio consumption varies throughout the day. People are listening over the air to AM and FM radio. People are listening on the app. They're streaming their favorite station or they're streaming an exclusive channel or they're rewinding and listening to a different show or they're consuming a podcast. So we know that listening varies on device. And by the way, of course, they're listening in their car. They're listening on smart speakers. They're listening on their phone. They're listening on their laptop. They're listening on virtually every device. The idea of the brand, bringing it all together under the brand for advertisers is that we can be with those listeners throughout every single part of the day across virtually every device whenever our listeners want to be with us. And that is really compelling to our advertising partners.
Yes. And the metrics have certainly evolved over the years. It used to be just, you know, what are the ratings? Let's look at the quarterly book and see what the ratings are of the station. Now streams and downloads and infinite number of metrics. And of course, you mentioned what a tough market this is. Wall Street gets a vote in this too, and they sometimes can be punishing. But as you look at this dashboard of metrics, what's on your- It's a great question. When I look at that dashboard of metrics, we hold ourselves accountable to our advertisers. The audio game in and of itself has changed from a discussion of reach to one of reach, frequency, and, and precision. So we're holding ourselves accountable to the same reach metrics that, that really put radio on the map in the very beginning, capital R radio. We're holding ourselves accountable to those frequency metrics as well. But now, with so much of our content being delivered digitally, we are able to target audiences and measure how that advertising is resonating and performing with precision that we never had before. So we have precision metrics that sit on top of that. So that's ultimately the scorecard. When you get away from the revenue, we're a public-facing company, we need to grow revenue. But when we're delivering for our advertisers day in and day out, it is about uh, delivering them that audience at scale with precision and with campaigns that 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 work. And at the same time, on the listener side, it's about keeping our listeners engaged, getting more share of ear. Our listeners, we don't really compete with just other audio brands. We're competing with virtually every media brand on the planet. If a mm. human being has time to consume media, we want them to spend that time with audio and we want them to spend that time with Odyssey content. So we are always in the mode of and keeping our listeners trust and growing that audience. And those mm -hmm. are the metrics. It's it really is that simple. It's not simple. It's that, <laughs> it's that simple focus. to define. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really hard. I think it's worth freeze framing uh, for our listeners and underscoring this reach frequency, which we've all known forever. But now precision. Uh, I love the addition of that. And does that speak to the content creators as well? Should we be thinking more about a precise audience that can be well-defined and honed in on instead of just creating general good audio content? It's a great question. I think great content finds its audience and you're a content creator. And I think what makes all these content creators unique, whether they're sports content creators, news content creators, music content creators, whether they're storytellers and podcasters, it's their voice and their perspective and their stories that the listeners are there for. I think the question becomes, um, how do you connect the right brands in the right moments to that content versus somebody changing their story, changing their personality to fit the advertiser mentality, because then they're not going to be authentic anymore and smart. People will see right through that. So I think that the challenge is, and really the great opportunity is thinking about our advertisers' brands, thinking about their messages, thinking about their audiences, thinking about the rituals that they can play in and aligning them with the right subset of content creators. Very helpful. Very encouraging, really, for content creators. And maybe that leads me to my question about the future. 
both for audio content and these audio content creators. You have a unique vantage point in working with a couple of boards of universities. What is your sense of the future content creators coming up? and how the universities are training them or how they're driving what they need to learn. What's your viewpoint on My viewpoint is going to be very biased because I grew up in, in that creative world. And I still believe in my heart that great creative, great work, great content is the great differentiator. And there will always be a premium on that, as well as great storytelling. And what I see in getting the opportunity to work with universities, and I assume you're talking about C and the University of Oregon. That's right. Have the great privilege of spending time with students. And I will tell you, there are some really smart, passionate people in the university system right now. And there is a love of great creativity and a love of storytelling. And one of the things that always sticks with me is... I come in and the conversation starts as an audio conversation. But what you're seeing is that these these people are so digital native and so fluid that they can move between a broadcast to a digital, to an audio, to a TikTok, to a Facebook, to an Instagram, to a Twitter spaces, to back into a radio conversation really seamlessly. And I think they they are putting the premium on the story itself and telling it across the best medium to tell that story and telling it across all mediums. And by the way, I think that is probably underscored too by the way you're seeing talent out in the marketplace doing the exact same thing. You have talent that is broadcast talent that now has a podcast and go, or are you seeing radio talent coming onto the stream for a fifth hour? So talent is moving between mediums and audiences are following them. So I think that students, the universities that I have the great privilege of spending time with, they absolutely love audio. They see it as a critical tool in their war chest. They see it as the great place to tell stories. And they see it for for its role in the larger media ecosystem. And I love that passion being the fuel, you know, whatever they want to get out. Yes. Let's go back a little ways in your story, Paul. I read a great profile in Adweek magazine that said, oh my gosh, you could have been an oceanographer, that you had a passion back in the day. And there must have been a fork in the road moment. But you had once said, hey, maybe I'll go to a school for oceanography because of love of ocean. Did I read this right? Sharks in particular. That's right. And I will tell you something. Nobody believes it, Mark. I don't expect you to believe this because nobody has. And I've said this dozens (laughs) and dozens of times. But Shark Week was my idea. I had it before (laughs) there was a Shark Week. I love that. Yeah. And those those meanies at Discovery took it away from me. But when I was at, when I was a student, so I went to USC, which is why I stay I connected to that university. I have a deep love and respect for it. I had a dual major. I was majoring in integrated marketing, which I hate dating myself, but integrated marketing back then meant something very different than it does today, and ocean sciences. And my plan was I really wanted to make films about sharks. I wanted to go to film school. And when I graduated from school, I was, I had taken all the biology prerequisites and I was going to go to Scripps in San Diego and study ocean science, study marine biology and study film. 
And um, instead, I wound up pushing it a semester or pushing it a year and taking a, a surf trip with some friends. That was supposed to be just a couple of months, but it turned into a year almost a year and a half. And that's another story. When I came back, my folks said, that's wonderful. You went and did that. You need to go get a job now. It's <laughs> you need to start to work. So I kept pushing that, that dream down the road while I went and built, built a career so I could live and eat and have a car and do all those things that you need to do when you get out of a university environment. And all of a sudden I started to really fall in love with the craft of advertising and marketing. And I just went full on to do that. If I could go back, if I could get in the, in, in the way back time machine and go, I think I would pursue the, the oceanography thing. And it'll make think about, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Great. And it would have been a very different life. Uh -huh. Paul, what a great conversation. I can't thank you enough for uh, sharing both your experience, your insights, and this idea of passion. And I guess I'd love to close on this, Paul. And that is a lot of times in this podcast, we talk about the tools and techniques and methods and so forth. It does come down often to the confidence to get our work out. We believe in the story, but sometimes we're just, should I hit the publish button? Should I produce the podcast? It is a commitment. Should I reach out and make those connections? What is your view on this and what encouragement you could you provide our listeners in the area of confidence? I think that, again, another really good question. I think that there are so many stories that still need to be told. And there's so many different perspectives out there that it's important that we do tell that story. And particularly in audio, when you're putting those stories out there, you may not be sure who you're connecting with, but there's lots of like-minded people out there who want to hear the story, who want to experience the content, who need to hear it. And I think that we as storytellers, as content creators, as creatives, we need to be strong and tell those stories and have the confidence in our voice and our storytelling to do that. And we're going to continue to get better at it. We're going to continue to evolve and we're, we'll get tomatoes thrown at us and that's okay. There's no failure. There's just opportunity to learn. Um, there's nothing like a good story, a good piece of content. And audio is just such an amazing medium to do it. And I go back to what I said at the beginning. You have the, you have theater of the mind on your side. You can bring listeners into your story and let them take that story and make it their own. And there's no other medium that lets you do that. I couldn't be more excited about this next generation of content creators. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for sharing that excitement with us. My guest has been Paul Suchman, Chief Marketing Officer of Odyssey. Paul, thanks again for coming on the show. Mark, thank you again for having me. And we'll put all the links to uh, Paul's profile and Odyssey in the show notes as well. And listeners, we travel around the world, certainly, but we also travel around the world of different creative outlets and mediums and passions. We talk to restaurateurs, we talk to scientists and inventors, and of course, authors and songwriters. And imagine all of these people having a story that they could tell on audio. I think Paul's given us the idea and maybe the encouragement to tell our story and show, share that passion with the rest of the world. 
through audio content. And we really appreciate Paul being a guest. So come back again next time. We'll continue our around the world journeys, talking to creative practitioners everywhere about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. See you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media, The Patients Speak. Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83 Bar. Look for The Patient Speak on your favorite podcast app.